So who is your like voiceover idol? Who would you say is is your hero in voice acting? It's hard to say because it's sort of it's it, there's two things that are useful and helpful in voice acting. It's both the versatility of being able to do male and different other things, but it's also being able to convey a character well. And those are not necessarily one and the same. <sighs> oh man, that's tough. <laughs> I have I have different idols for different reasons, so I can definitely rail them yeah, off that go way. For it. it doesn't have to be just one, I guess. You can list a couple. I love obviously Richard Horvitz, not just because he's a great actor, but he's a tremendous mentor and also a fine human being and those are really rare to find one in the same i mean because you know a lot of my husband likes to say you don't get to be very talented without sacrificing some other part of your brain you know possibly the sanity part or the emotional part or whatever but you don't you don't get to have it all so it's it's rare to find somebody as as talented he's also as generous and uh gracious as horvitz so i'm obviously very indebted to him i had the opportunity to direct and watch mr Mr. Amazing Troy Baker. I guess I was lucky because I didn't know he was the Troy Baker. And then not long after I got to work with him, you know, all of the games, all of the Troy Baker games came out at once. So having seen him work, he's, and actually Laura Bailey as well. And yeah. they they get cast a lot before a reason. Like when uh, when I heard their auditions, I, I campaigned for them really hard. And it's, this is something that I'm starting to pick up on as an actor myself. It's easier to say than to do. When they act, they're not acting like they just are. Meaning, in the context of, say, say like the character's really tough, when you're a really tough person, it's because things have happened to you and you might have a chip on your shoulder and you're very hesitant to do things and you don't trust people. That's what it means to be tough. You don't sound tough. This isn't tough. This is an affectation. This is, you know, it's bullshit. It's not real. Or if the character, the, the description is sexy you know it's not that the voice is dripping with sex it's that you want sex or whatever again the context both laura and troy do that beautifully they make these really concentrated intense decisions about how they're going to play the character and then they just are those qualities and it's it's i don't know if i can really fully explain it but you kind of you experience it um when you see them perform and also when you hear it you know and, and everything they do yeah. It's not it's not a put upon, it's not an act, they just are that character. And I get after having witnessed them, I get really annoyed with myself where thank God I'll I'll sound design myself and that you know I I do my audition then I record it and then I really listen to myself and I can tell where I'm faking it and I get really irritated because that's just bad acting. That's just yeah. bad acting. It doesn't cramp <laughs> you. Um, great Richard Horvitz ism is uh he, I mean, if you take a class with him, he'll bring this up. He'll talk about, you know, what does a doctor sound like? Well, a doctor is, it's just another human being. Male or female, it's just a, a, a person who's probably got, you know, a family or a cat at home or whatever. I mean, you know, maybe they have to go to a family reunion this year. They have a life. They might need to go to the store after work. They're not, I'm a doctor. Trust me. <laughs> Unless the script calls for that, in which case it's, it's satire or parody. And that's yeah. fine. But you'll get that note. And if that's not indicated, that's not what a doctor sounds like. And I, I find people like Laura, Bailey, and Troy Baker to be some of the finest examples of that kind of really true, pure acting where they're just they're just people who find themselves in situations. They're not people trying to sound like anything. That's amazing to me. It's it's harder than it sounds. Yeah, it sounds amazing to experience that as well. Very, very jealous. Yeah, I mean, I can only describe it as that 
they're both and this this happens a lot with actors too if if an actor's really insecure it's kind of amazing how often unconfident insecure actors will like maybe read a line and then just kind of like look like a scared cat at you know the booth director and be like did I, did I do a good job and they're waiting for their cookie yeah for it's like i'm so, you know <laughs> i'm i'm sorry we're not here to feed your ego and you know give you a back scratch and give you a cookie and and your job is to you know is to entertain us, therefore you will be entertaining the audience. People like Laura and Troy and all the good actors make these, in their minds they've already made this very definite decision about this is how I'm going to do this and this is how I'm going to play. And unless you tell them to stop or that it's wrong, they're just going to go. And it is amazing to witness. I've made some, again, yay Twitter, I've made friends with some of the people who worked on Bioshock Infinite because I'm obsessive with that game. And Joe Fielder, who was one of the main narrative content writers told me that working with Jennifer Hale, who did Miss Lutess, this has really stuck with me. He said, you know what? She just doesn't do bad takes. She just doesn't do a bad take. And what, and I've, I kind of tell myself that every time I do it before I do an audition, uh, an audition rather yeah. no bad takes. What that means to me is that, and th- this is a, I'm going to give you a personal thing that I'm going through right now, actually, that I'd suggest to anybody. I realized again, s- stupid sound designer brain when you have stupid sound designer brain, you think you can iterate on something till it's dead. Till you just squeeze the life out of it and the original intent. And it just sounds like ass now. You don't even remember how it was supposed to sound in the beginning. And that's bad. Artists do it too. They'll start with an initial idea and a sketch and they'll just, they'll over articulate it to the point where they're sick of it. They don't want to draw it anymore. And it looks like garbage. And the original energy is gone. And again, it's the same crap in, in VO. When you're in the booth, we're not going to make mashed potatoes out of this. You get one shot and a go. Or um, some places still do it. Every, most everybody records from home now when they're auditioning. But sometimes you get called in, like a cattle call once in a while. And they don't have all day for you to be ready or to fix yourself. So you got to get in this. This I'm personally I'm calling it the Jennifer Hale no bad takes. When I'm auditioning at home, and it doesn't matter if I'm in my underwear or I haven't showered or whatever... I don't let myself believe that I can actually noodle this thing for hours and that I have the comfort of, yeah, no, it's a, I'll read it 15 times and if I don't like it, I'll do it a 16th. That's not okay because it's developing a bad habit for when I'm in the booth. And what's really funny, I've actually, I've been actively thinking about what Joe Fielder told me about working with Jennifer Hale and how she just, she just doesn't give bad takes. In the last two weeks, I've probably booked more because of that. Like, just noticeably more with takes where I was like, Fuck it. I'm just going to give this best shot. Here we go. Done. Submit it. Don't think about it. Those are the ones that booked. So it helps. I don't I just like with anything, you can really, you can murder your own creative intent just by overthinking it and not being confident enough. Yeah, I think we can safely say there's a lot of experiences that people have had with that, especially with sound design and voice acting and a few other things. You can just keep, kind of keep thinking, no, I can make this better. I can make this better. I can make this better. And oh, it's crap. You can do that forever. Yeah. And then the original spirit is lost. And people are, are really are animals, like dogs. And that whole, you know, like the desperation we talked about when you walked in and you're like, I can do anything, people smell that. If you're in a session and you're not sure of yourself, people smell that too. And it's very discouraging. It makes them feel like they hired an amateur. And it makes you feel like crap. And then the whole thing's gone to pot. And and it's, it doesn't even matter if you're, you know, if you're sound designing in your bunk by yourself, you can chop up your own ego in a matter of seconds if you tell yourself enough that you suck, which doesn't help at all. <laughs> it's, not, it's not productive, really. <laughs> no, 
what, what's even worse, like in voice acting, if you do that, you're doing it in front of an audience. How tragic is that? Everyone's seeing your own kind of self-consciousness. <laughs> your self-destruction is now yeah. the starring attraction of this session, and we're paying for it. Woo! <laughs> yeah, we're paying for you to destroy Woo! this role. <laughs> but it happens. I've seen it happen. I've seen, I've directed sessions where even it could be something you know people people get set off by the weirdest things like it could be like a a, a fantastical made up nonsense word that some game designer made but maybe it's just really hard to say or it's not natural and doesn't roll off the tongue and it's just acting like a speed bump for the voice actor and they start getting pissed off and pretty soon the whole read gets pissed off that sucks but you can't let that get to you you have to i mean if you have a good booth director they they really the good ones really are actor whisperers where they will calm the savage beast and get the job done. Somehow, magically, they just use the right keywords and then know when to push buttons. 